What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes, yes, yes to spirit? I hope you are. This is Tracy, and Leslie and I host this show every week to encourage you to stay on your spiritual path, wherever that is leading you. And, of course, it's leading you closer to spirit, deeper in spirit. It's leading you towards spirit, not away from spirit. And when we say yes to spirit, what we really do is we say yes to our best selves, the best part of who we are, each one of us. And so I'm so glad that you joined us today. And and I hope you, like Leslie and I, are really, really ready to say yes to spirit. I'm really, really needing to say yes to spirit. Whether or not I'm ready, I'm really needing. Maybe I'm needing spirit to say yes to me. No, no, spirit. Is that how that works? Spirit only says yes. Oh, yes. So, so if I'm not feeling that, then... I'm doing something wrong, huh? Uh, well, no. What is happening <laughs> is that spirit is saying yes to you and not wanting to feel good. Oh! Oh, you want to be in drama? Oh! Yes. Oh, oh you want to be in pain? Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay, I can make that happen for you, Leslie. There you go. Oh, I need to. I need to change what I'm asking for. Exactly. Ah, so maybe if I forgive myself or something, is that? How appropriate, since today's theme is self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we get into self-forgiveness, it sounds like we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Um, we always, just to make Leslie happy, Thank we you. always connect the dots with the previous week, which will be super easy this week. Because last week we talked about oneness. Mm-hmm. And this week we're going to talk about self-forgiveness. And um, that's okay. You're thinking it's super easy, and I'm going, how does that connect? Well, you can't be in oneness oh. at, and have anything to forgive about yourself. Well, I would just like to say, thank goodness I am here today. Obviously, I, need to, <laughs> I must need to hear what you are going to say and what I'll say and surprise myself by saying Yes, because you know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yes. Because at like last week was oneness. Yes. You truly, it's your essence, are one with spirit. And so as we talk, it's going to just, you're going to get out of your own way and it's just going to flow from the inside out that, oh, oh, yeah, I remember who I really am. And, in fact, I actually have a, a challenge for our listeners. Have you ever done a challenge before? I think today is a perfect day to start. <laughs> because it occurs to me as I'm sitting here in, in my muck, you see. Did you notice I was sitting in muck? Is no, it but, I, but it's obvious by what you're saying <laughs> that behind that sunshiny that face and face. that great laugh, there's uh-huh. some muck going there's on. muck, yes. Yeah, 
But what I'm thinking as I'm sitting here in my muck, I'm thinking guaranteed without a doubt in an hour I will be muck free. <laughs> and and I think about how is this hour different because I have lots of friends. Imagine that. So I talk a lot to lots of different people throughout the week. And I realize that many of my conversations, we just talk about the muck. <laughs> we support each other's muck. And we're like, oh, my golly, that is some muck. And, you know, we can even find more muck to talk about. Yeah, not only Help each that other band, with the muck. Right. Yeah. Yes. See, so, uh, so as I'm sitting here, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt in an hour, I will be muck free because you and I will not allow ourselves in this hour we will only maintain our sense of what we know to be true. We will affirm what we know to be true. We'll philosophize about what we know to be true. We'll encourage on the basis of what we know is true. But it will all be on this basic truth of oneness, self-forgiveness. God is all there is. I am one with God. We will not veer off of that, that long. platform. Yeah, for long. <laughs> for long, thank you. And... And so the challenge would be, where else in life do we have an hour of that conversation? The challenge would be for everyone to have an hour where they sit with a friend and they they design the hour to just be about support and positive and affirming and talking about the truth, the truth. Right, and not, not in a Pollyanna no, way no. of just kind of glossing over and pretending that whatever is happening isn't happening. But in a way that says, yes, this is happening, and what I know is the spiritual truth, the spiritual right. essence of life, not just about who I am, but of life. Now, how does that apply here? If this is what's happening to me, mm-hmm. then wait a minute. I also know this other stuff, so what is it? And then when you work that, mm-hmm. absolutely you get muck-free. I, I think that would be a great something around muck-free would be a great bumper sticker. <laughs> exactly right. We have to have at least one bumper sticker a show. Right. So. Get muck free. Mm-hmm. Uh, be muck free. free. Yeah. Muck free. Muck. Muck free zone. Ooh. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. But it is an interesting challenge because I do think it is, and it's funny because I find myself irritating my friends when I try to gear them towards <laughs> positive, yeah. and then you know when I'm in the muck. And they try to gear me towards the positive. I'm like, shut up. I'm hanging up. I really am going to go call somebody that will get in the muck with me. Because, you know, you don't really necessarily <laughs> So it's really an interesting challenge to to understand this is such a choice. Well, and this that's a great a example for two reasons. One of one reason that's easy is because <clears throat> I, I had to laugh a little bit because I realized um, someone, I, I, I think, um, I can only remember two times in my entire life where someone actually hung up on me when we were in a phone <laughs> conversation. Uh-huh. Once was like 30 years ago, 25 or 30 years ago, and once was recently, like about three months ago. And and as you said that, I realized that's exactly what was happening, that I was standing in spiritual truth, and, but that person was hearing it as, you know, I well, was basic, no, was basically saying, you may be right, but I'm not ready to go there yet. Ah, well, that's healthier. And, I mean, they didn't say any of those words. They mm-hmm. just hung up. 
Oh, they they really just <laughs> hung up on me. I have to go now and hung up in the middle of a, uh, you know in the middle of me talking. That's just terrible. but that's what it was. I can't hear that right now, and right. so the, that leads me to the second aha or insight mm-hmm. from what you were saying, and that is while it is important for us, each one of us, to be grounded in the spiritual truth. And to know that for our friends when they don't see it or know it, mm-hmm. we can't take anybody there. Can you lead that horse to water? We cannot take anybody there. So it has to be our each one of our own individual choices to stand in the oneness and to view our life from oneness. No one else can force us to do that. Right. So if I'm not ready, if I, for whatever reason, it's like, no, right now I, I feel bad, I want to feel bad, I don't see I, there's how I can feel any other way, well, okay. You know, all all the other person can do is gently put a reminder or an offer or an opportunity out there, mm-hmm. but if that person's not ready for it, it's like, yeah, we really should back off. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that since we're supposed to be connecting the dots, doesn't change the fact that we we actually are in oneness all the time. Right. And I think even if, and I wonder this, even if we get into the challenge of the hour, if we start off kind of sarcastic or Pollyannish or not sincere in, in reminding ourselves of the truth and force that conversation to stay in the light, to stay in the oneness, to stay in the truth. If over the course of that hour, if that won't seed into um, something a more authentic, yeah. So see, I can do my own experiment here. Yes, because I am in the muck. I tell you, not as much as you were ten minutes ten ago. Ten seconds ago, yes. Ten yes, minutes ago. So we will see. Yes, at the end of the hour. Well, and the other piece about that in terms of the people taking the challenge in this hour or in some other No, they can't use this hour because they're not talking. Okay. They have to talk. Okay. They have to speak. Okay. So when they take (laughs) It's a very specific challenge. When they take this challenge, what's important is that what you said, that you set it up at the beginning of the hour, before the hour, that that's what it's for, so that both parties are on the same page. Correct. Yes, exactly right. So both parties are on the same page. And that the, the, whether it's sincere or not, initially, that the conversation is... Well, simply by setting the intention, yes. there can be no other outcome yes. but to work through the muck and come yes. out in oneness because the intention is clear. Interesting. I like this. This could put all and therapists out of business. The intention is clear and the universe can only say yes. Say yes. yes. <laughs> Oh, okay, so let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about self forgiveness. Otherwise, we're going to spend well. the next 45 minutes still on oneness. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in 60 seconds.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Today's theme is self-forgiveness. And um, there's, there's a quote that says, forgiveness is the healing of wounds caused by another. And we've actually done a couple of shows in the last year about forgiveness. And it has been really interesting that, yeah, we start out talking about forgiveness as healing the wounds that I have because of what you did, yeah, you know, what somebody else did. But we almost, not almost, every time we talk about that, before the end of the hour we get back to, but wait a minute, is there really anything to forgive? Or we also always, both times, came into this conversation of, wait a minute, if forgiveness is healing the wounds caused by another, what about when I wound myself, right. when I deny my own greatness, when I don't let myself do what I know I can do, when I don't say no to someone when I know that saying yes is not what I really want to do, when I give up my power, when I, you know, when I actually choose to do things that are self-destructive, you know, when I don't take care of my health, when I don't get enough sleep, when I, I mean, the list can go on and on. In, in all of those situations, I am wounding myself. Right. And how do I forgive me? And so we, every time we've done, both times we've done a show on forgiveness, and every time forgiveness has come up in relationship to some other topic, we've always said, you know, we need to do a show on self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's today. And my hunch is that as we explore this, we will discover if we forgive ourselves that I think ultimately there isn't anything anybody else can do to us. On some level, there'll be sort of a a, a, a healing bomb around us. I hope so. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I do think philosophically that's my... Why am I into this premise of, you know, we need to jump ahead to the end of the hour and guess all these things that I'm going to feel and be at the end of the hour? But I think that's what that's what all of this will come out in terms for me and to understand that when I'm not forgiving someone else or when I'm feeling a need to say, you know, Sally Sue hurt me, she didn't treat me well, she yelled at me, she didn't show up on time, she whatever she did, that if I am fully in forgiving my own self, in my own judgments, in my own anxieties, in my own mistakes, that then Sally Sue's mistakes or Sally Sue's errors will not be a thing for me because I'll just look at Sally Sue and say, oh, that's Sally Sue. You know, she's still struggling in that human realm. Don't we feel sorry for old Sally Sue? (laughs) And then not have to get all bent out of shape that Sally Sue did something to me because I'll see very clearly that's all on Sally Sue. That has nothing to do with me because it doesn't trigger anything in me that I've unresolved that causes me to get angry at Sally Sue. Were you there with me through that whole thing? I was. I'm <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it, um, the trail. Well, yeah, and I'm thinking about those situations where someone may say something, and yeah, where I guess if they say something that's feedback or that's even a complaint, and you don't feel a you know, a twinge, uh, um, and you're not trying to blame them, that you can also take in there, oh, I, I really get that it makes you uncomfortable when I do something a certain way. 
and I'll keep that in mind for the future. So I'm not triggering, like, who is she to tell me what to do? Blah, 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 blah. You know, where does she get off thinking that, that she can boss me around? Mm-hmm. So you're right. If if I'm really grounded and if I'm really, if I've worked through my own issues and challenges, you can say it's, you can say lots of things Anything, probably. Yeah. that it doesn't mean I dismiss it. I think right. that's what I was hearing, yeah. that, oh, it's that's just her problem or that's her issue and, and I'm not going to pay attention to it. It I can take in things that I might choose to change as a result of, I might choose to do differently in my re- relationship with that person or in doing the job that way the next time. But I don't, when you said, you know, it doesn't trigger. It's like, right. yeah, it's not triggering a place where she's wrong or bad or um, any of that. It's just information. And if that word is used, she's wrong or bad, that must be the trigger for I'm wrong or bad. Ooh. Ooh. This is interesting because I have a real-life example of a person who remained nameless, but I hope she's listening so she knows she's wrong and bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, yeah, you are listening, yeah, so you can hear yeah, it. Right. Yeah. But uh, I have a kind of a, a a friend, yes, a new sort of friend, that we had a real big conflict. And I had a, I have never in my life had an adult conversation with a lover, a family, a friend that got so out of hand as this conversation did. And I became so emotional and so hysterical, and this person was not kind to me. And I just am finding myself very hard to forgive this person because she has not asked for forgiveness. <laughs> I keep waiting for her to ask. Groveled, what? Yes. She, no, I just wanted to ask just once. So, um, so, but it's been really interesting because I'm such a firm believer, bar none, that if I see something in you that I don't like, it's because it's in me. Yes. And I'm sitting here going, I have never yelled at, I don't yell. So I've never yelled at anyone. And then I'm sitting there, I would never yell at someone while they were crying. I, I'm trying to think of what in her, you know, saying, so I was like, I really believe that's the truth. So I'm so worked up. It's got to be something in me. And when you just said bad and not, see, that, I think she did something bad. And, and she's not a good person because of that. And that's what it triggers in me. I absolutely think I'm bad and I'm not a good person. Oh, oh, interesting. I'm so glad I oh, came. Oh, it's so powerful. I'm so glad I came. <laughs> so I can forgive myself. And then... And then I won't be so triggered. Like, right? Is that the idea? That's a, that's a good idea. Forgive myself with my badness that I'm not bad. I guess how do you forgive yourself of being bad and not a good person if, if ultimately we are not not bad and we are good people? So if you are God wearing a human suit, if you are the es- if the essence of spirit is the essence of you, there's nothing to forget. But I guess well, no. Then you're then you're not bad. Now you right. may have certain behaviors that are inappropriate at different times, but you, mm-hmm. in essence, are not bad. It's not possible. But you may choose to go out. And this is not you, Leslie. You, a person, may choose to go out and have too much to drink. Mm-hmm. So, they're a good person who made a an, a bad choice right. in that moment or in that ten years of their lives. 
<laughs> That's um, cute. You know. Thank you for saying that wasn't me. Yes. Right. Me. I thought I'd better clarify that for our, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but so, you know, that's different from saying I am a bad person. I am is so powerful. So I am bad. It's like there is no other option or choice because at the root, at the core, mm-hmm. I just am. Mm-hmm. I am bad. And that and that doesn't mean to dismiss that when people do things that are illegal or do things that um, are harming their health, you know, around eating or ignoring pain or any of that, that's a bad choice. But if that person is not bad. But how do you forgive yourself? If I am God expressing and I have this idea that I'm bad, that I deserve bad, I've done bad, and I have to forgive myself to get back in alignment with being aware of God, uh, that I am God expressing, it's kind of, I guess I'm forgiving that human part of me. Yes, you are. Okay, see, there you go, okay. So, the, so I'm not so forgive, there's nothing to forgive in the essence, in the real me, in the authentic me. There's no there's no, no need to forgive. Exactly. Okay. But the reality is that we are, okay, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So, you know, we are having a human experience, and we do have choice. And we make choices all the time, every day. So what the forgiveness is, is I think... I think it starts with affirming oneness, last week's topic, and then saying, oh, you know, it's almost like we're, we talk about the oneness and at the same time you you have to be able, in order to forgive yourself, you have to be able to see that a part of you is human. Yes. So you're one, but you're not, you're not a completely spiritual being because you wouldn't be living in human form. I'm the one that thinks I can transform the whole human form while I'm in human form. But go ahead. All right. Uh huh. Yes. And so, uh huh. Yeah. And so, the possibility. Yes. And so that when you when you are there and then you say, okay, this is happening in my human experience, and it's not the essence of who I am. It's like you can, it's almost like you kind of put a wrapper around it and you don't excuse it as, oh, well, I'm human, of course I'm going to do bad things. But you are, at least for me, it's like, okay, so that piece of me, what would heal that, whatever drove me to make that decision? Mm-hmm. What 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 spirit, oh, Jesus, yes, Jesus, right? In heaven. Right. What did you say? Like what did you say that's upsetting you? Um, no, I was just making this connection about yeah, what we would in the in the long past, long ago past for me, but for many people now in the Christian community, we say that we are forgiven because Jesus died for our sins. Ah, so that Jesus connection of Jesus died for our sins. And so I can forgive myself because Jesus died. That part of me died with Jesus. The sinner. The right. The sinner. The 
the sins that I do now actually are forgiven in the death of Jesus. Does that count for like sins in the future? Yes, okay. because you because and because the belief is that Jesus has died for all the sins I have done and will do. And will do. I just have to. I just have to continually acknowledge that Jesus is my Savior. Ah. And it's every day, every day, or every time I go back to Jesus is my Savior, whatever quote unquote wrong I've done gets forgiven and healed, and I get healed because it's forgiven. So what was what what the connection was for me now from the metaphysical point of view is we talk about like um what's his name what's his name what's his name Joel Goldsmith talks about dying daily. Yes. You know that, and Ernest Holmes talks about that in the same way, that basically what we do is we say that part of me has now died. I recognize it, I see it, and that is dead to my spiritual essence. And then I can forgive myself. That part being the the, the part of what I did that hurt or what I'm blaming myself Mm -hmm. for. When I recognize it and see it, because I know all is forgiven by spirit or in spirit. Well, not really. Nothing's forgiven in spirit because because there's nothing to forgive. Right. Because it's it's all moving. So, but you know, in in my human sense, right. In my human sense, it's like, oh, when I'm standing in spirit and right. looking at this human choice, it's like that part of me is not my spiritual essence. It okay. is like saying there's a death of that. Now mm-hmm. that I can see it and I can put it over here, mm-hmm. then it's not with me anymore. It's not a part of me anymore, which would be another way of saying that is dead. So I think when we that when we forgive ourselves, which is how this started, this circle started, was, you know, how do you forgive yourself? And I I do think it starts with one acknowledging the union, mm-hmm. and then being able to say, oh yeah, well, if the essence of me is spirit, and I see this, it was it is a choice, it was a choice, and now I choose something different, and so now that part of me no longer exists, that part of me that is dead. I can make a different choice. I don't Mm -hmm. have to keep living in that choice. I don't have to keep reliving that choice. I can choose a different life that reflects more of my spiritual essence. And isn't that what we do in affirmative prayer? We The first step is unification. We unify we no, the first step is recognition. Hmm. And then a quickly you know. practitioner school has worn off on you. <laughs> right. But no, it's like oh no, thank uh. you. Step two. Step one is recognition. We recognize, right? We recognize the power and the pure essence of spirit. And then we unify with that. And we unify our our life, our experience, our essence with that essence. And then the third step we spend a lot of time realizing how that shows up and claiming how that shows up in tangible form that realization step if this if the if this essence and I are one then this is how it realizes or reflects in my life 
I have another friend that had a uh, practitioner session, not really even a session, just a, a practitioner did a treatment for her, and she had a spiritual experience, and the uh, and, and really a transformative experience that she would read about in a book, and it seems to be lasting. Usually those last for about seventy-eight seconds, and you know, you get, you get in the car and you're like, "Man, I was feeling so good there for seventy-eight seconds." But this one's lasted like three days, so I think this would be like a record. But uh, the treatment was around self-forgiveness for herself and 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 feeling deserving, like she deserves. That's what she would have. I don't deserve. So for whatever reason, she believed she didn't deserve anything good. So the practitioner's words in the realization stage were, there is nothing to deserve, there is nothing to earn, there simply is perfection. Now the stars align and the dominoes dropped and however you want to say it, for, for, for this woman in that moment it all shifted. And so when I think about that, that there's nothing to deserve and there's nothing to earn, just those two sentences, how contrary they are to our human mind. Because we think we have to go earn a living, we think we have to earn our friendships, we have to earn our, you know, different things. And and it's interesting as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about if, if really, if I'm living in this understanding of the, there's nothing really to forgive because we're in the oneness, and I don't know how we don't talk about both of those at the same time now, the whole show, but that this whole universal good, truth, love, is constantly working, constantly saying yes, and we're constantly buffering up against it and making bad choices, and it's constantly saying yes, highest good, highest good, highest good. So it's almost like I'm seeing in my mind this little pinball kind of action where I'm making a stupid choice and divine truth is saying, yes, but you're perfect and divine. And here we go in this direction because it's the quickest way I can get you back to being perfect and divine in your own mind. Then I make another stupid choice and then yes, but. And it's like this kind of um, buffering about until I get in alignment with that and then the pinball just shoots up, you know, in a straight line. It stops buffering about because I then am one with that truth. And for whatever reason, we should do a show on that. What is that reason? That, you know, in that moment, that treatment, those words brought her into a transformative experience, brought her into that oneness, brought her past any kind of self-forgiveness. There was no real action you know, therapist, we can give you all sorts of assignments and do different things, and this should lead to, you know, but there was none of that. It just was, you know. Yes, because... <laughs> uh, I bad about therapists. No, I was not saying anything bad about therapists. I was thinking about how um, we say there is no nothing to be healed, only truth to be revealed. And how um, the healing actually happens in a moment like that, but we don't. It often takes a little bit longer in physical form for us to accept it and see it, 
Right. And so it, it is. It becomes um, if we're if it, it can happen, it does happen instantly. But if we have some resistance to it or whatever, or we just don't recognize it, then it's harder. So um, we have a caller from area code six six one. It is. Who wants to join the conversation? Are you there? Yes. So were you wanting to join the conversation with your comment? Well, yes, and I, I, I just want to say that I, this is my first time ever calling a blog radio show. <laughs> Yay, and I was, we love it. <laughs> and I was looking through this morning, um, looking at the topics and, and uh, everything, and then I was, um, and and your topic captured my attention, and so I joined in and I started, you know, I just started listening. So what and, made you dial in? Uh, because, <laughs> well, actually I'm going to start my own blog radio show. And I, you know, and I was just look, looking at the different topics and, you know, how they're done and everything. And I wanted to hear some topics that were important to me. And self-forgiveness is uh, important to me. And so I just, uh, and that's a topic that I, uh, you know, I need to learn more about. And so I just wanted to um, uh, hear what you had to say. How do you connect the dots with self-forgiveness and living in your spiritual truth? Well, um, we, we talk about forgiveness a lot, but, and 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 it's easy for me to forgive others, but uh-huh. it's very hard for me to forgive myself. Yes. Yeah, and um, I was going through an experience of um, not being able to forgive myself because of an incident that happened when I was three years old, <laughs> and I never um, and I see the results of it today. You know, the, today what happened, and every time I look at this person and see that this is something that I did, you know, that I triggered, and I see that uh, what, you know, I see, I still see the results of it, then it's hard for me, then it was hard for me for a number of years to forgive myself for it. I had people talk to me and say, I mean, you know, where you were a kid, you didn't know this and you didn't know that, and all of that is true, but I'm looking at the evidence right before my eyes, and uh, I never really um, told the full truth about it, you know. Oh. So it was very hard for them to me uh, to forgive myself. But uh, I had someone work with me, and they did, and and I finally, um, you know, I finally got over that. And that, but that took fifty something years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, I agree with you. It's so difficult when what we look at as physical reality, it's like. Yeah, the word you used was the evidence is right here. Mm-hmm. You know, the evidence is right here. I see it or I'm aware of it, and how could I ever forgive myself? But it's so great to hear that, you know, you're a great example. That something can happen, and it can trigger so much that we do and what we think about ourselves for decades. That's right. But you still can get to a point where ultimately you forgive yourself, and you can use that same process with other things that are smaller. Did your spiritual program or your uh, spiritual practices help you on that journey of self-forgiveness at all? Oh, yes, it did. 
But how um, how did how did that play a part of it? Your spiritual practice. Well, I tell you, uh, to be honest with you, I had a lot of. I've been I've been I've I've even been uh, teaching on teaching forgiveness. Like I used to tell people when that were having a hard time forgiving, I was uh, forgiving people, and I would tell them, I said, "Well, look, that is the space. That's the space that this person was in." At that time, 10 years ago, this happened 10 years ago, that was the space that this person was in at this that particular point in time in his life. I said, now 10 years have passed. Do you think that that person would do the same thing today? Well, no. I said, well, then you have to forgive him because he's not the same. And when I heard you say that part of me is dead, I connected with that. Because I'll ask people, I'll say, look, I said, uh, what did you, what do you you've done something to hurt someone or you said something to somebody and you hurt their feelings or you did this and that I said that a while back I said think you know think back and they think back uh, ten years twenty years or whatever I said now would you do or say the same thing today that you did then Oh no I've gone I said well then you have to realize that that person has grown too and they wouldn't. They wouldn't do the same thing, you know. So you have to forgive that person, you know. So, um, so, so that oh. that's thing to work. But getting back to um, what you asked me <laughs> about um, how 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 I was changed, uh-huh. uh, I had a lot of people talk to me, and a lot of people, and never got through to me. Mhm. <laughs> And then one day I went to church, uh, and uh, and um, there was this lady, and she uh, she delivered a powerful, powerful sermon. I mean, she told about her life and everything, and it just she told uh, how she had been delivered, and it was powerful. And then she uh, had us come up. And I'm the type of person when I, you know, I don't believe in laying hands and when people fall down and all of that. Sometimes I think a lot of it is fake. But mm-hmm. I was hurting so bad, I was still trapped. And this was just a few years ago, and this is uh, so I was about, um, I was about 59 then. <laughs> this happened when I was three. Baby. And uh, so this lady called me up, and she just looked at me. And she said, it's over. you got to let that go. You know, that's what she said to me. And she just put her hands, you know, on my head. And then something went through me, (laughs) and I just fell back, you know. Um, You know, it was just a powerful experience that I had never, I mean, I just grew weak in my knees. And they caught me and everything. And then I just sat there, and I sort of cried and cried and and she just talked to me the whole time, you know. And when I got up, I kind of felt that it's time for me, you know, to let that go. Yeah, uh, you know, that's such a great, great example. Thank you for sharing that. So many of, of our listeners, you know, the question becomes, I understand intellectually what you're talking about, but how do my religious beliefs or my spiritual practices Um, have an impact or how can I use them? And, you know, you talked about 
teaching others about forgiveness, and you knew a lot about forgiveness and you found it easy to forgive others. And we forget sometimes that the way we live our lives can yeah. be a spiritual practice. Right. And it's it just strikes me as, you know, sometimes we're constantly teaching others mm-hmm. what we need to practice in our own lives. So you got really steeped in in the practice of living and teaching forgiveness sooner or later you know, you were going to have some experience, and in this case it was an experience of hearing the sermon and really being touched at a deep spiritual level that shifted everything for you and allowed you to say, you know what, it's time. It's time now. I can let this go. I think that's so, so powerful. And, yes, then you forgive yourself. Thank you for calling, your first time blog calling. Okay, you're welcome. You send us a message on our show page when you start your page, and we'll definitely, both Leslie and I will definitely check you out and support you and listen to your show. Absolutely. Okay, and I'll I'll try and uh, follow you. (laughs) Great. Well, great. Well, and tell us your first name. Patricia. Great, Patricia. Thanks for calling in. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, that is a good example of, you know, like she had that experience of being touched and having that experience of energy flowing through her and having having that kind of quote-unquote healing. And then my friend with the treatment, you know, those words triggering some sort of purification of something. I do think, as you were saying, too, that there there is an alignment that sometimes takes time for us to catch up to, that that. That that is in spirit and in in the making as soon as the error has occurred, the forgiveness is already there. It's just sometimes we have to catch up to it. Yeah, and, you know, in in, in treatment, in affirmative prayer, one of my favorite, um, not because intellectually I like it, I have just found that it has become a favorite way for me to ground in that this is happening. You know, it's like definite. It is. It is the way that it is, you know, and and when we are doing prayer for ourselves or for someone else, if we're not really there that is real, then, you know, the universe is hearing, okay, you kind of want that. Okay, I'll kind of let you have it. And so the phrase that I have found myself using almost more than any other to ground is, and right now, you know, this is already done, and right now the universe is reconfiguring every atom, every cell, every molecule, every person, every thought, every idea, every condition that needs to change in order for this to, you know, realize, in order for me to, in order for, you know, Tracy to see this in her life, in order for Tracy to recognize, you know, that it. It has happened. It is happening right now. But that that concept of, yeah, okay, you're clear, so the universe is clear, and spiritual law says that must evidence, that must show up in your life. But until you are really clear, it can't. And then once you are really clear, okay, it is done in divine mind, in universal mind, in God's mind. It is done. We're on the human plane, so some people might need to move. The job that's perfect that you have just described, 
Well, guess what? It's, it exists, but maybe I'm in Dallas and the job is in Denver, and so the universe has to reconfigure the people, the openings, the whatever, you know, to get me to see that the job is in Denver, you know. Other, I'm not looking for a job in Denver, you know. So it's like, oh, that's what is happening that we think of it takes time or it has to take time or it will take time, you know. Or if, if we're healing a relationship and I need to forgive myself because of something I said or did, well, okay, the universe gets I really am clear about that now. That's my intention. And on the physical human level, guess what? The universe has to reconfigure ideas between me and the other person, has to create a situation where we are in the same place or one of us calls the other. You know, it's like, oh, okay, the healing has happened. Now all the physical things in human life have to get aligned with that. That's what takes time. And if the self-forgiveness part can happen, is there a certain amount of peace in, in the waiting for the other part to come? I think there is. I think because we know it's healed. We know it's like, especially if it's self-forgiveness, right. we're like, okay. And I'm thinking of one specific example for me where I know I was healed around some money issues, and the result of that was for the healing to happen in in physical form was it felt like all hell broke loose because then some bills came that I didn't even know existed. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't have them, you know, and it's like it could have triggered a whole nother return to this anxiety and, oh, here's another example of you don't really know how to manage money or you're, you know, not ever going to be financially secure. It was an opportunity for all those old tapes to come back or it was an opportunity to really heal all of that and say, okay, but I know that I am one with spirit and that, God is my source, and financial abundance and prosperity is my divine right. And so I don't know how all of this is going to get done, but I'm going to stand in this truth that it is going to get done, and I don't need to feel guilty. I haven't done anything, you know, that is infinitely wrong. And, you know, and really stand there. That's when you know you're healed, and that's when the friend comes and realizes you're stressed and says, here, I can loan you $500 for the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God brought this. God, not God outside, but my alignment with God, spirit, the universe, my alignment, total alignment, brought this person to see that I was upset, could even see that even though I was smiling, I was upset. Or there was something, there was a tremor in the force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, I have this and I can loan it to you for 30 days. Whoa. You know what I mean? Out of no, seemingly Seemingly out of nowhere. nowhere. Right. But the self-forgiveness and not going back to the old script. Right, and the self-forgiveness, the self-forgiveness opens the door for thou that magic to happen. It's not really magic; it's the divine plan, and it always exists. 
But as long as I'm blaming myself for something I did at three, oh my goodness, how many of us can relate to that, to that woman, whatever whatever occurred for 45 years, you know, holding on to that, keeping. Right. And I also love that piece, the piece about, um, and this is not just about Patricia, it reminds me of me, how intellectually I can right. know that I am whole and I am okay. Right. And I can know it in my head, but that doesn't always make the feeling go away. Right. And that's, I think, a lot of times with psychological counseling, I can know <laughs> this is not a dig. This yes. is an observation. That I can true. know. Yes, right. That's what we focus I can know this is why something happened. And in my head, intellectually, I can know I shouldn't feel guilty about it. And through more psychological counseling, I will get to that point. Eventually, where, thousands of dollars later. <laughs> but I, I can get, I mean, and I have done that in my life, mm-hmm. where I could get to the point where I'm really, I'm really whole and, and I'm not anxious. Mm-hmm. I mean, my relationship with my biological mother. The I, I that the psychological therapy process really helped me uncover what was happening there, make choices about it, own what I could own, and be clear about what she owned, and then down the line make some decisions that ultimately mean that we don't have a relationship you know, anymore, and, and, and be okay with that and not feel any guilt and know it's true. So I don't I don't think that, that the psychological process doesn't work, but I know a lot of times we get stuck in, at that point for a long time, not minutes, but for a long decade, <laughs> you know, about I understand why I feel this way, mm-hmm. but I don't shift it. And I think the same is true with spiritual counseling as well. I mean, we're not trying to understand it. We are trying to reconnect ourselves with spirit. Yes, it's a both-and kind of thing. It works very nicely. And when we do that, it can happen for 10 seconds or 30 seconds, like you said, or, you know, the 10 minutes between leaving a spiritual counseling session and getting to your car, and then you drive off, and, you know, 10 minutes later you're in the car and you feel... You know, you're back to where you were. You're the muck again. Or you can have the experience your friend had where, where, wow, I'm, whatever, you know, that that connection is there, and it really has shifted. And I don't need to to go back. And, And it is, I think it is a concept of really, you know, as you said, shifting it to that belief set, belief entity versus the intellectual entity and once it is on that once we truly believe something and integrate it into our essence there is nothing more to do because then if we truly believe something if we truly believe that there's nothing outside a divine plan then a bill coming a lover leaving someone dying, a health diagnosis, any of those things that humanly trip us up, um, you know, we really don't have that knee-jerk reaction if we're really in a belief pattern of the truth. 
and that self-forgiveness thing, I think, is one of the big keys to staying in that. If we don't get hooked back into we've done something that we deserve to be punished or we've done something that we don't get to have good things in our lives or there's some some darkness that we're trying to run from. And so another way to think about self-forgiveness might be to think about self-acceptance. Yes, indeed. That would be the true opposite of. Yeah. If I accept the choices I've made and the... And accept the the best thing that could have happened at the time. Right. I couldn't have done anything different because that is the choice I made in that moment or that is what I did for those 10 years of my life. And now, and so I accept that that's who I was at that moment. That's what I did. Right. And that's... and that's not who I am now. Right. Beginning now and going forward, I can make whatever choice I want. I don't have to pretend that didn't happen. Or I don't pretend. have to, ooh, yeah. So I don't have to pretend that I didn't file bankruptcy or that I, yeah, I don't have to pretend that I didn't. I don't have to defend that I married the wrong person right. and got a divorce. I don't have to pretend or defend anything right. because that was what happened in 1965 or that is what happened right. in 2010 right. and now it's August 2011. And that's a huge concept and I can tell, again, I work with women in the jail setting and it's an amazing shift when they go from, well, you know, I was with my boyfriend and he did this or, you know, this situation happened and I was in this car, but I wasn't really, you know, they kind of defend, try to figure out ways to explain away the crime, which there's always, you know, extenuating circumstances. I'm poor. I need to feed my child. There's always ways to defend, but as, as we're defending, we are not moving forward. We're just defending. We're blocking. And then when they get to that point of, and I can hear various women's voices saying, you know, I have to accept that I did this so that I can move on. I mean, that was a quote a few weeks ago. I have to accept, regardless of the other people that played a part in this, I have to accept I did this and now I can move on. And that, you're right, that self-acceptance that's a huge door opener. Right. And, and self-acceptance is self-love. Yes. I love myself and I know, it, it's funny, we say this in, I, I love Patricia's reference to, you know, being able to really inspire and teach others to forgive someone else mm-hmm. because they were doing the best they could 10 years ago mm-hmm. and you know they wouldn't do that now. And so we tell ourselves, well, you were doing the best you could with the information you had or the knowledge and the wisdom you had at that time. Right. You were doing the best you can and now do the best you can right now. Right. And so it's like, yeah, we can step back into our oneness that we are created in the divine, in the spiritual image and likeness of the divine that our spiritual essence is 
planted in there, you know, in there, in every cell of our body. It is us. It is there. And so, yeah, going back to that, I can love that about myself and accept all the times that I made choices that were human choices. Mm -hmm. And all human choices aren't bad choices. I mean, it's like, oh, right, right. So it's like, it is possible to make a good choice. <laughs> it's like we all should affirm that. that. Yes, yeah. right. And we get so focused on the choices that had right. outcomes that we didn't like that we forget that. Yeah, we're pretty good at making choices most of the time. Yeah, that's yeah. When we when we see that one thing mm-hmm. that we need to forgive ourselves, it blocks a lot of other things that are good. Did you have an O moment? I had an O moment, but I don't know the lyrics to this song. I just, what what um, went through my mind really quickly was, uh, if anyone who saw when Michael Beckwith, when uh, Reverend Dr. Bernard Michael Beckwith, Michael Bernard Beckwith came out with the book Spiritual Liberation a couple of years ago, um, there was a CD in mm. a, a DVD in the first printing, the first one printing of the book, um, and the there's a video where they interview lots of different people who are engaged with with uh, Michael Beckwith, and their assistant musical director at Agape International Spiritual Center is Tim McAfee Reed, and he sings this song that he wrote, like, on the spot in a divinely inspired moment. Michael Beckwith had done a sermon about self-forgiveness or was doing a talk about self-forgiveness. And Tim McAfee wrote this song that the title of it is I Forgive Me. I Forgive Me? So we could Google I Forgive Me. We could, we could, we could, and it's... Saying we universal like the listeners if they were curious. Right, and, um... And I did I say Tim McAfee? You did say that. Which one, Lewis or Reed? I forget. Oh, okay. Which one's so, right? Um, so if we, if we, that song is really powerful because it, it really makes you go, whoa, I can forgive me. Yes. I can see myself through God's eyes and I can forgive myself which is the theme for today, and that's all the time we have, right? Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So uh, please, thanks for, or thanks for listening, and please join us again at a future episode or a future week, and we hope that during this week you will choose to say yes to spirit. Play Whitney Houston. Okay.
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.